The scripture reading this morning will be from the book of Luke, chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. That was the first registration when Canarius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. Good morning, church. And we wish you Merry Christmas. Thank you so much for being here. It is a privilege to have you with us today on this special day. I want to uh, share with you one uh, announcement that was handed to me. Uh, Daniel and Elaine Talent Overton are the proud parents of a baby girl who is now at home. She had had some complications, but uh, she is now at home, and we are thankful for that and continue to ask that you will pray uh, for the Overton family and this new addition. And it's it's fitting that we begin that way as we think about... Uh, Babies, And I want to talk about that in just a few moments. But I'm, I'm thankful to have my mom and dad and my sister and my brother with me today. And I know many of you are visiting. And so we thank you uh, for being with us today. Babies are exciting, aren't they? Do you remember in your families when a baby was born? Do you remember how everyone was excited? That was an exciting time to have this newborn baby. Today we're going to think about not just any child that was born into this world. We've been talking about Jesus over the last few weeks. Well, we always talk about Jesus, but we've been talking about the birth of Jesus over the last few weeks. And we'll uh, reiterate some of the same things that we've looked at. My mother-in-law passed away in 2006. She was a godly woman, and she had the opportunity to speak on various occasions, and recently we were given a, a lesson that she had done on, uh, at a ladies' day. And as we think about the idea of babies and how special babies are, I just thought this fitting the introduction to her lesson. It goes like this. Does God use you? Or maybe a more accurate question would be, do you allow God to use you? On March 13th, my first grandchild was born. And yes, I do have pictures, she said. Prior to this event, I had planned on speaking on an entirely different subject. And hopefully we would have equally profited from that message. However, something happened on the day of my grandson's Brady's birth that once again supported and strengthened my faith in God and the power of prayer. Brady was born at Decatur General Hospital in Decatur, Alabama. They really impressed me with their facilities at the Women's Center there. One service which we were extremely thankful for was that a nurse was assigned to us around the clock once the labor started. 
The one, uh, the one on the night shift had not been particularly friendly, so we were glad to see the day shift nurse come. Linda was her name. We all realized almost instantly that we were blessed to be assigned Linda on this special and difficult day. Very early in the day, we learned that she was an unfaithful member of the Lord's Church and also that she had once attended the congregation where my son-in-law is now working as youth minister. She, she said she had been out of church for quite a while, but only recently had started to really, it had started really to bother her. Barry and I brief, briefly commented that this might be an opportunity to influence Linda to return to Christ again. Linda spent the entire day with our family, sharing the birth of Brady. It became apparent that we were developing a friendship as the hours passed. When the end of her shift neared, Linda informed us that she would be with us until the baby came, even if she had to clock out and work on her own time. Brady was born at 7.06 p.m., but she was around until at least 9 p.m., she even saw us to our room and made Barry's bed before she left. It almost appeared that it was difficult to her to pull herself away. Finally, she wished us well. We told her how much we appreciated her help and concern, and she was on her way. We discussed the possibility of her coming to church after she left and then got busy with the matters at hand. That was on Friday. On Sunday afternoon, Linda showed up at the hospital with a gift for Greta and Barry and began to tell us her story. She related to us that in the past couple of months that she had wanted to get back in church and close to God and had prayed to Him for a sign that what, uh, of what to do and where to go. She said that Saturday morning she realized that God had spent 18 hours that day before giving her a sign. She said that if God could spend that much time answering her prayer, she knew that she had better listen to Him. She also told us that she was not supposed to be working on Friday. She had been taking a class, and on and Thursday and Friday she was supposed to be finishing up. She decided at the last minute to drop it and do it later when she had more time. She went to work and told them that she wanted to work Friday, since she was not going to be in class. Uh, and looked over the cases and requested to work with Barry and Greta on Friday. Does God work in our lives? You know, I had forgotten that story. Not that day. <laughs> I'm not that bad. I had not forgotten that day, but I had forgotten that story. And I do want you to know that Linda came back to church. And that was a great day. But babies can make things different in our lives, can't they? They change our world. And you know, many years ago, there was a baby that entered this world that did change the world forever. And it's that child that I want us to think about. As we think about love coming down to earth and the significance of the birth of Jesus, I want us to think briefly just about four things from the book of Matthew and the book of Luke about His birth. Matthew, you see, tells us that excuse me, emphasizes that Jesus was a fulfillment of prophecy. He was not just any other child. You see, God's ultimate plan had finally begun to be unfolded. Jesus, you see, was no, no ordinary person. You see, His conception was of the Holy Spirit. He was and is 
from God. Think about Mary and Joseph. Mary and Joseph, they were righteous people. You see, there was nothing scandalous about the way Jesus entered the world. But at first, Joseph wasn't aware of that, was he? Mary and Joseph, they loved the Lord. The Bible tells us they were righteous people. But when Joseph finds out before they are married that his wife is with child, he seeks to show compassion on her. You see, he doesn't want to uh, allow her to be labeled as an adulteress. And so he decides to secretly put her away. He showed ultimate compassion to Mary. And you see, because of his willingness to want to do what's right in God's sight, and that's what he thought he was doing, it took an angel of the Lord to stop him and to convince him this is from God. Jesus was no ordinary child. In fact, the name Jesus is the Greek form of the Hebrew name Joshua. And it means Yahweh is salvation. And so as we think about love that came down from heaven to earth, and as we think about how special babies are, but this one was the most special of all, I want us to notice some things about Scripture as it relates to the birth of Jesus. First of all, turn in your Bibles, if you will, to the book of Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1, Matthew will tell us, Luke also, but Matthew will tell us that Jesus was a gift from God. Look at Matthew chapter 18, or chapter 1 and verse 18. Matthew chapter 1 and verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take you, Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is God with us. Luke also records this example, and John, Jesus would say in John chapter 3, verse 16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You see, Jesus was a gift from God. Did you open a gift this morning? Or yesterday, or sometime over the weekend, I'm sure you opened a gift, didn't you? I'm sure you were, ha were happy with whatever you were given. 
Maybe your gift was similar to mine in that you had all your family with you. Or you had friends. You had those people that you loved and cared about and you were surrounded by them. What a precious gift. But you see, even more than that, this was the gift that changed the world. This was no ordinary gift. This was the gift of Jesus the Christ. This was a gift that would redeem mankind from the guilt and the consequences of sin. You remember Paul said that in Romans 3 and verse 23. Romans 6 and verse 23. Also, guess what? No one else could be this gift. For you see, the book of Acts chapter 4 and verse 12 tells us, there's no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. You see, Jesus was the only one that could be this gift. And God gave that gift to us. I came across a story about a lady who had a group of friends and she wanted to get them a gift. And so she thought and thought and thought what to get them. Oh, it got down to close to time for, for the Christmas season and, and, and exchanging gifts in her office. And so she decided now it's too late. I, 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 I can't get the gifts I wanted to give. So she went down to the store and she found some Christmas cards. And she went through the already picked over cards and she found a box of 50 that had the exact picture on it that she wanted. These are perfect. She didn't even read the inside. She said, these are perfect. And she went home and she signed her name to, uh, to uh, the number that she needed and she gave them out to all of her co-workers. Later, as the new year approached, she was doing some things in her house and uh, she came across one of those cards that she had not sent. And she opened it up and looked... And read the message. And she was shocked. For in a little rhyme, the message says this. This Christmas card is just to say a little gift is on its way. Wow. What a gift. But you see, this gift, this gift was that we're talking about today was not an afterthought. This is not a gift of misrepresentation. You see, this is the gift of the Son of God. The greatest gift that can ever be given. This gift was from Almighty God, Creator of the world. Uh, look over in your Bibles, if you will, to the book of Luke. In fact, if you have the written word, you might want to hold your finger there at Matthew chapter 1 and Luke chapter 2. We'll go back and forth to those sections of Scripture. But in Luke chapter 2, verse 8, I want you to notice what happens after the section that Lonnie read for us a while ago. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. 
And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. You see, the angel made an announcement. We talked about that recently. The angels made the announcement about this gift. You see, it took angels or an angel to announce this gift. That shows us this is no ordinary gift. One person said this, that many Jews were looking for a political leader to deliver them from Roman rule, while others were hoping for a Savior to deliver them from sickness and physical hardship. But this announcement concerns the Savior who would deliver from sin and death. Remember recently we talked about announcements of births? You see, this was not just any ordinary announcement. Uh, This was something special. You see, this was the announcement of the Son of God being brought into the world for mankind to deliver mankind from sin and death. This was no ordinary child. This was no ordinary delivery room. This was no ordinary delivery. This was the special gift of from God, the Savior of the world. Notice another thing in Luke chapter 2, that the birth of Jesus, it was celebrated by the angel and the company of heavenly hosts. Notice this celebration. <coughs> Luke chapter 2 and verse 13. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. When you opened your gift this weekend, were you excited? I was. I had some gifts that brought a big smile to my face. Even some gifts that brought tears to my eyes. And I can remember when our kids were younger, and yeah, they showed some excitement as they are older. But I remember when they were younger, they would open that gift and they would just jump up and down in excitement. Maybe you had similar excitement and you opened that gift and you was like, wow, this is what I've always wanted. I love it. Thank you. This gift of the Son of God brought excitement. For you see the angel and the heavenly host. They celebrated in praise and glory (coughs) to God. We do that this morning. In fact, we have the opportunity to do that every first day of the week. To come together and offer up our praise and our glory to Almighty God. Praise means to sing praises in honor to God, to promise or vow. 
To give glory means distinguished praise and honor. And we have that opportunity, and we're doing that this morning. And we have that opportunity every Lord's Day. If you're visiting with us, and you're not a child of God, I want to encourage you. This is not the only day we get to do this. We get to do this every Lord's Day. We get to bring our offering of praise and glory to Almighty God in thankfulness for the Son and the Savior of the world, Jesus Christ. Every first day of the week, it's an awesome opportunity. But hear me this, church. It's also an awesome responsibility. Can you hear it? Can you hear that praise? Imagine if you were there. Just imagine in your mind you're out there in the field with those shepherds and all of a sudden the angel of the Lord appears and makes this great announcement of the gift of the Son of God and the angel and the heavenly hosts give Him praise and glory. What a sight that must have been. Boy, the thought enters my mind. If someone came in to our assembly every Lord's Day, could they say, Wow, what an opportunity. What a sight. What an experience of people giving praise and honor and glory to Almighty God. Turn back, if you will, <clears throat> excuse me, to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 2. And I want you to notice what the Magi, the wise men, did when they came to Jesus. Matthew chapter 2. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, verse 2, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. Look down to verse 11. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The wise men came before this gift of the world, Jesus as a newborn baby, and they worshipped him. Why did they worship this child? Because it was Jesus, the Son of God, the Savior of the world. You see, the idea of worship means to bow down before, to pay homage to. Even in the New Testament, they would bow down before. And, and I'm sure Brother Steve could give us some examples. Maybe you've seen that of, of, of the Muslim people when they worship. In fact, in the Oriental country, their way of showing worship would be to bow down, to kiss the forehead before 
the one they worship. And you know we have the opportunity to come together, as mentioned before, every first day of the week, not only to give praise and honor and glory to God, but to offer up our worship. Our respectful worship to God. And I say again, what an awesome opportunity and what an awesome responsibility. You see, when the wise men heard, they listened, they followed, they found the child, and they worshipped. I hope that not just on this occasion today, But I hope, I want to challenge us every first day of the week, no matter how you feel, whether you feel great or you feel totally awful, I want you to think about these wise men bowing before this child, Jesus, the Son of God, the Savior of the world, gifted into the world. And they came and they bowed down and worshipped. Now listen, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I don't say this as a way of guilt. Because you see, and we don't have boards here, we keep these numbers in the bulletin. But to some degree, that's to make us feel good. Really? Are we doing good? Or Yeah, we have these numbers. And that. Listen, that, that really, at the end of the day, that mess doesn't really matter. What matters is our worship to Almighty God. Because He has given us the greatest gift of all time. And it prompted wise men to walk many miles to bow down and worship this gift. You see, when we come together, we also offer gifts in our worship. We offer gifts of our money, gifts of our time, gifts of ourselves, gifts of our hearts. When we come to worship, we're not bringing gold, frankincense, and myrrh, which were very wonderful and expensive gifts, but we are bringing ourselves as an offering and a sacrifice to You, Almighty God, our object of worship. We are not good enough. We cannot walk miles far enough to bring our gifts of insignificance to You. But through Jesus Christ, the greatest gift of the world, we are complete. And we offer up our hearts in our lives to You. What a great opportunity. What a great responsibility. Notice quickly, if you will, in Luke chapter 2, notice what the shepherds did. 
with Jesus. You see, they shared with others the announcement of His birth. These shepherds did. What they had heard and what they had seen. Look at verse 17 of Luke chapter 2. Now when they had seen Him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. What an opportunity. These shepherds were told about this gift, the Savior of the world. And it's as if they couldn't contain it, they went out and told everyone about this gift, the Savior of the world. You know, Jesus, in His time on earth, He would share about the good news from God. The apostles, after Jesus ascended into heaven, they shared the good news of Jesus. The apostle Paul went many places sharing the good news of Jesus. I want to end with this scripture. And I think it's fitting because this time next week, as we introduce our new theme for 2017, we will spend the month talking about this very thing. Matthew 28. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. What does that mean for us? We'll talk about this more, but basically that means while you are going in your everyday life, share Jesus. You see, the shepherds, they couldn't hold it in. Once they had received the announcement, they couldn't hold it in. They had to tell somebody. And they did. And Jesus, at the end of His life on this earth, He said, Go and share the message. Share the message of His birth. You see, someone just said, let's just celebrate the birth of Jesus on December the 25th. No one knows, but here's the one thing we do know. Jesus Christ was born into this world. And we are to share it. Jesus Christ walked on the face of this earth, John chapter 1. And we are to share it. Jesus Christ hung on that cross, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Tell us. And in the Gospels, the Bible tells us Jesus rose from the grave to give us victory over death. And we need to tell it. We need to tell it because that's the greatest story that's ever been told. It's the greatest gift, the story of the greatest gift that's ever been given. And when I accepted Jesus Christ into my life through faith and obedience, and I went down in that watery grave of baptism, 
and I came up out of that watery grave, able to go on my way rejoicing, I said that I am willing to live a new life and I want to declare it to the world by the way that I live and by the way that I worship. What an opportunity. What a message. What a responsibility. I mentioned last week that someone once said about the Christ child, the baby Jesus. The question we have to answer is, what will I do with Jesus? Are you a child of God today? Have you made that faith, dedication and faith commitment through obedience to God's Word? And you are a child of God? And maybe it is today, like happens to us at times, you've just been going through the motions. The wise man walked many, many miles to worship and offer gifts. I've been there. I've been through the motions. It's a lonely place. God has given us something great. What are we giving to Him? If you're going through the motions this morning, what a wonderful opportunity to say, I'm tired of doing that. God, I want to worship You. I want to live for You. I want to share Your message in a way that will glorify and praise You and bring You honor every day of my life. I want to be made perfect and complete in You. Maybe you're here tonight and you've never put on Jesus Christ in baptism. He's God's greatest gift to deliver you from sin and death and from being lost for eternity. What better opportunity. What a gift to your family to say on the day that many people celebrate the birth of Christ, I gave my life to Jesus Christ. Man, what an opportunity. If you need to respond to the Lord's invitation, Please don't wait another minute, but come forward and let us assist you any way we can as together we stand and sing.